0: Welcome to the Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. You're listening to our weekly worship service message. Thank you for tuning in. It's hard to believe somebody broke in our garage and uh, stole our limbo stick. Seriously, how low can you go? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to raise the bar on the kind of jokes I tell. I mean, they liked it in Australia. I don't know. Somebody came up to me after the Sunday school hour and said, it took me the hour to understand what you meant about Australia, the land down under. You get it? Okay. How many of us have received warnings through the years uh, from parents, grandparents, teachers look both ways before you cross the street don't talk to strangers don't run with a pencil or a sharp object in your hand when you go outside to the cold make sure you put on your jacket your coat and a cap or a hat now why do you think our family and our teachers told us these things was it because they were being mean was it because they were being cruel Or was it because they loved us, they cared about us, and they wanted to protect us from harm or from danger? Over the last several weeks, we've been going through a sermon series, putting on the armor of God, and we've been looking at these beautiful words that that Paul wrote from that Roman prison And he's believed to have been in prison in Rome, not because of a crime, because of his faith and message of Christ. And no doubt, as we've talked about every day, he saw these Roman soldiers as centurions marching back and forth in their armor. And he was led by the Spirit of God to write a letter that would use the imagery of this Roman armor and relate it in Christian terms to help you and me and we've discovered that we're in a battle as a matter of fact we have spiritual warfare on a daily basis guarantee is some of you are here today and you're going through some kind of spiritual warfare in your life and we've made it clear that our enemy is not your spouse or your child or your coworker, or your coach or your teacher your parent your your enemy our enemy is the devil for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms the real enemy is satan himself that oh ancient serpent that great deceiver and today paul wants us to be clothed with the full armor of god and, and what is Why does God give us this message? Is he trying to be mean or cruel to us? No, just as our family, our teachers, it's because he loves us. He cares for us. He's trying to protect us from harm, protect us from injury, protect us from evil. And so he said to put on the full armor of God, not if, but when the day of evil comes, so you'll be able to take your stand. And when you've done everything, that you'll be able to stand. We have already put on the belt of truth. We have put on the breastplate of righteousness. We have put sandals of peace on our feet. Last week, we took up the shield of faith. And today, we are to take the helmet of salvation and place it upon our heads. The Roman soldier's helmet... It's called a galia. And there, this helmet was made of iron and typically covered in bronze. It was a skull cap that was placed over the head. And in later times, they added a neck guard and even side cheek guards to come down to protect the face. And these helmets. We're supposed to protect the soldier from a fatal blow to the head. It was to protect the skull, protect the brain, protect the head from attack. And so when we think about the salvation of helmet for you and me, we have to understand what it means for the believer, for the follower of Christ, because many times the enemy goes for the head. And we want to be prepared. For that day when it comes if you're not going through it even now when we put on the helmet of under of uh, salvation we understand that god saves us from our sin and death he saves us from our sin and death it's so important to understand that this helmet of salvation We are to wear, so when we walk around at school, young people, at our work, wherever we go, we are to walk as people of victory because Satan has already been defeated. And so when we wear that salvation, we should not walk around in defeat, walk around in discouragement, walk around in guilt or sadness. We should walk around in victory again because the devil has already been defeated. It's most likely that Paul probably used the imagery that Isaiah used in Isaiah 59:17 when this description of God was described. It said, He puts on righteousness as his breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. So Isaiah had used these words to describe God That he puts on a breastplate of righteousness. He puts on a helmet of salvation. What is salvation anyway? Salvation in the most simple terms is when we are saved or delivered from something. We are saved or delivered from something. In the Old Testament, there was an example of salvation when God called Moses to lead the the children of Israel, out of their slavery, out of their bondage from wicked Pharaoh. That's an example of salvation. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, then Moses answered the people, stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will bring today. And if you read on down in verse 14, he said, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Isn't it great to know that the Lord fights our battles for us? We don't have to do it. God is the one who fights our battles. We only need to be still and let God be God. But we also know that we are saved from our sin and death. Did you know Romans 3.23, you've heard me share it often, for all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one righteous, no, not even one. And we know in Romans 6:23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I love the words Paul used in Romans 8:2. There is now no condemnation for those. Who are in Christ condemnation is a legal term that includes both the sentence and the execution of the sentence there is now no condemnation no punishment no sentencing for those who are in Christ Jesus isn't that great news there's no condemnation for those in Christ as a matter of fact Romans 10 9 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, you will be delivered. Everyone in verse 13 of Romans 10, everyone, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's great to know that we are loved that much and we are protected by the salvation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some of you are here today and you're experiencing experiencing this spiritual warfare and you're trying to to fight this battle without the helmet of salvation. read an article out of the Lansing State Journal It was a story that went back to June of 2009 of a 36-year-old named Paul Maxim. Paul Maxim was fatally injured in a skateboarding accident at a state park when he had skull fracture and many other brain injuries. It killed him. An official said a simple helmet Would have saved his life a simple helmet would have saved his life think about that for you and for me a simple faith when we place the helmet of salvation on our head saves our lives for eternity saves our lives for eternity our faith in the lord jesus christ And his salvation saves us from eternal death into eternal life. And I'm so grateful today that when we wear that helmet of salvation, we are walking around because we're walking in victory because the devil has been defeated. We have been saved from sin and death. But when we also put on the helmet, it sets our minds on what the Spirit desires. You know what one of the greatest ways the devil gets at you and me right here? (laughs) He messes with our minds. He plays mind games on you and me. Uh, That's why Paul wrote in Romans 8, verse 5, he said, uh, let us not live as the flesh does when our minds are on uh, fleshly things, uh, but when we live by the Spirit, we are to have our lives set on spiritual things. And it says in verse 6 that the mind that is governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. In other words, we must get our minds thinking clearly, not on fleshly, earthly things, but on temporary things, but on godly and Spiritual and eternal things. What about your mind today? What are you thinking about? Colossians 3:2 says, Paul wrote, set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. Some of you have signed up and you're getting ready to begin the Priscilla Shirer study on the armor of God. And Priscilla Shirer shared some common ways in that study. Of how Satan attacks the minds of Christians and even non Christians. Some of the ways she said that Satan attacks is where we say, I am unworthy. I am unloved. I am insignificant. And sometimes the devil, even, and he's a liar, John 8 44, he's a liar and the father of all lies. He'll even cause you and me to question our salvation. Am I really saved? Do I really have a relationship with the Lord? And Maybe you're here today and the devil is playing mind games with you. I mean, he wants you to believe his lies. How many of us have been polyparanoia? thinking people are talking about us or, or they're out to get me or they have done this or that. How many times have we seen somebody whisper and say, they're talking about me. I know they are. I saw them. Were, I know they were talking about me because they stopped talking when I walked up. How many of us have had these thoughts in our head? They were just trying to do this. They, they were trying to do this. We all have had times where the devil tries to discourage us and defeat us by messing with our minds. That's why Paul said in Romans 12 too, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind and your spirit. Let me ask you, are you thinking pure and holy thoughts? Paul said in Philippians 4.8, and finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Are you thinking those kind of thoughts? Pure and lovely and admirable and holy. and Are you thinking excellent thoughts? Are you thinking worst-case scenario? It's always bad thoughts, negative thoughts, evil thoughts, lustful thoughts, jealous thoughts, envious thoughts. The devil knows how to get to you and me. And so you better believe he's going to put those thoughts. We need that helmet of salvation not only to protect our brain, but to protect it from those evil thoughts that the devil puts in. I want to tell you, I'm... I'm a pastor, but I'm also a human. <laughs> Wasn't there a song recorded? I'm only human, flesh and blood, mistakes. Do y'all remember that song? I'm the only one from the '80s who remembers that song. <laughs> I'm not an animal. I'm a human, anyway. I get discouraged too. Sometimes, look, don't ever put me on a pedestal because <laughs> I'm human and I'm, I'm not perfect. My wife will be the first to tell you, and my children too. I'm human. I get discouraged even though I try not to show it because what good am I to you all if I'm up here? Oh, Debbie Downer and everything's good. Thank you all for coming. <laughs> I hope I help you today. Let's pray. I want to encourage you. I want you to be encouraged. But I want to be authentic and let you know I struggle too. Sometimes I have discouraging thoughts. I get discouraged when I see a bunch of empty seats on a Sunday. When I don't see people that used to come, I get discouraged. What am I doing wrong? What can I do better? What can I do differently? What can I do to encourage people to be more committed or more... Excited about serving Jesus and living for the Lord. What can I do? And guess what? I decided I can't do anything. But He can. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can do all things through Christ, who gives us strength. Well, I told you I get discouraged sometimes. My wife and I pray about it. I talk with our staff. What can we do different? You know what? I mean, what? What is it that's gonna Reach people where they are today. Bill and I have even talked about we're going to start wearing skinny jeans and moosing up our hair to be more effective. (laughs) I mean, it shouldn't be about what we wear. God does not look at what man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Shouldn't matter. Shouldn't change the message. The message is the same. But I've I've been a little discouraged. I'm just being honest. I've been a little discouraged. I started thinking about, I've been trying to text some people I haven't seen in a while. And I've asked this question: what can we do to minister to your family to be more effective ministering to you and your family? Guess what? Some of the responses, as I shared on a Wednesday night, we've just been lazy we've gotten out of the habit we've been going to the lake and um, there's no excuse there, people have been honest about that and I appreciate but I just said I just want you to know you are loved and you're missed I'm not trying to be legalistic or bash you over the head with the Bible we miss you when you're not here we love you and we want to fellowship and to worship with you but anyway I was feeling a little discouraged Friday night we went to the Whitford County, Bourbon County football game, and beautiful football, and I mean it was beautiful. Weather couldn't be more perfect. Stadium was full, and, and band was playing, popcorn was popping, and, and it was just a great night. And after we left the game, we were walking out into the parking lot, and as we were walking out in the parking lot, I met a man who's been visiting our church. And I said hey to him. He said hey. He said hey wait a minute. I want to talk to you for a minute. He came up and said some of the kindest words I've heard in a long time. And he said I just want you to know it's not easy to get me in church. But I love coming to the church at Forks. And I said "Man, we love you coming to the Forks. And I have to tell you, I got in and shared with my family right away. It touched my heart he didn't even know he touched my heart and he's here today and I, you're trying to figure out who it is now, aren't you? <laughs> he didn't know that that's exactly what this preacher needed to hear that the devil had brought some discouragement and what can we do and what's next and And what do I need to change? Is it me? Is it us? What what is it? And that was a gentle reminder, I believe, that the Holy Spirit prompted him to come say, I love coming to this church. And I want you today, when you put on that helmet of salvation, to set your mind on what the Spirit desires, not the flesh. Those who live according to their flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who desire the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. But then, lastly, we are saved. We are saved to serve and to do the will of God. Not only do we put on that helmet of salvation because it saves us from The punishment of sin and death and and i left out in the first point that deliverance in the old testament was when an example of the children of israel coming out in the new testament we are delivered from the death sentence punishable by death of our sin that's how we're delivered in the new testament we are saved from our eternal death and the death sentence and we are saved into eternal life but not only are we saved and say thank god i'm i'm saved but we are saved to serve and to do the will of god to make a difference that's what we've tried to teach our children you don't walk around and say i'm okay i don't care if everybody else is okay i'm saved i've got it together I don't care if they don't go to heaven. I know I'm going to be there one day. I'm good. We are saved to make a difference in others' lives, to share with them the hope we have in Jesus Christ. We are saved to serve and to make a difference for His kingdom. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Every single person has at least one gift you can use to serve the Lord. Some of you have been given many more than one. Are you serving? Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but rather to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Paul said in Galatians 5, 13, Therefore serve one another in love. We're to serve and to love because he first loved us. And he served us by dying on the cross so that we would not have to pay the price that we deserve to pay. My prayer is today that each and every one of us, no matter our age, no matter our level of giftedness, would use our gifts to glorify God. Remember even Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane before going to the cross, said, not my will, but your will be done And do you remember when he was on the cross and one of the last words, sayings from the cross, he said, it is finished. He was saying, I've done what you sent me to do. I've worked for you. I did your will. It is finished. Are we going to be able to say that one day? I've done your will, Lord. It's finished. I've done my work that you sent me here to do. I'm so encouraged when I see people that continue to serve the Lord, even though they've had loss in their lives and calamity and hardship. I mean, I shared a couple of folks at the early, I hate to call names because I could share so many of your names, but, you know, when I see Nola Reed sitting up here in the choir, Nola, wave your hand right there. It's Nola. Nola has been singing in the choir since our founding father, William Hickman, started the church in 1788, <laughs> she has, but not only does she sing in the choir, if you go down this hallway, she's also teaching Sunday school class. It's great to see people like Nola that are still serving the Lord. Now, I haven't asked Nola, but you know why I believe she does it? Because she loves the Lord. She loves people. When I look and I see people like Gail Bender and Karen Logden, who've lost children, and Joy Jeffries, who lost a spouse, these ladies give of their time every week to come lead grief share to help other people that experience loss in their life. They're serving the Lord, wounded. Serving the Lord, because they love the Lord and they want to help people. They're serving the Lord. When I see my mother, 86 years old, who still comes up and plays the piano and plays on Wednesday nights and care gives for my dad, and I know what a struggle it is from them to be here, but she's still serving the Lord. So many of us have the life and the breath and the vitality to do so much more than we're doing. I shared at the early service, it's easy for me to watch a football game in my easy chair on the couch and criticize everything those guys are doing. Well, why did they call that play? That was horrible. Why did they do that? Those guys are out there sweating and bleeding on the field, giving it all they've got. What right do we have to criticize anything they're doing? Don't you think they want to win? And they're giving it all they've got? Same way is, what right do we have as followers of Christ when we sit on the sidelines and there are people sweating and bleeding in the game of life, serving the Lord? What right do we have to criticize those who are serving? Absolutely none. They play because they love the game. We serve because we love the Lord. We don't do it for man's applause. We do it to please and glorify the Lord. What about you today? Are you wearing that helmet of salvation? which causes us to serve and to do God's will. Now, I want to close with this story. You can't make this stuff up. This is the Holy Spirit in God's timing. I came down here to give the invitation at the 830 service, and I was praying for people to come, and I heard somebody call my name, Todd. And I looked up, And it was Barry Holloway, Kim Holloway's husband, Barry. And Barry said, Todd, this is a guide thing. He said, this is a guide thing. I said, well, I I didn't know what he was talking about. I, I had no idea. He said, and to let you know, Barry's a captain in the Franklin County Fire Department. Barry said, Todd, Your message today, I didn't know what you were preaching on, is perfect for what God had led me to do today. I said, what are you talking about, Barry? What is it? What is it? He said, there's a young man that comes to the early service. Uh, Larry Taylor's grandson, Will Whitlock, has some challenges in his life. He's a young man. He loves going to the fire department and they make over him, and he, he loves going to see the firemen at the fire department. Barry and two other Franklin County firemen came, and they gave Will a helmet today, an authentic, genuine fireman's helmet. And Barry said, I can tell you how many lives have been saved Because we had a simple helmet on. And Will walked down the aisle, and they gave this special needs young man this helmet. The smile went from that wall to that wall. He was grinning from ear to ear, and our loving church gave him a standing ovation. And he was so proud to wear his fireman's helmet. Whether Will understands the significance of the spiritual helmet, that young man sure understood the love and that helmet that he was wearing today. He understood it. He'll never forget that day, today, that moment, the rest of his life. And I applaud those firemen for what they do and for a difference they made in that young man's life today. And God wants to make a difference in your life. He wants you to leave here with a smile like Will did from this wall to this wall, beaming with joy because you have found salvation in Christ, protection, eternal life, service to the Father. And I shared some evidences have been found that a soldier would wear those helmets in a parade. It denoted standing and it it denoted uh someone being in relationship they were high up when we wear our helmets we're in good standing with the lord we can walk out of here with purpose ready to serve are you ready to make that kind of commitment even now as we pray together lord i pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people that have never taken that first step by accepting the salvation that comes from Jesus Christ, that this would be the day that they would confess their sin, repent, that means turn away from their sin, and they would invite you to come into their heart to be Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that if there are others here that maybe have gotten out of the game and they've been on the sideline and Lord, maybe they've been wounded. They've been hurt in the game. I pray that, God, they would bandage up, roll up their sleeves, and get back in and start serving you again. Lord, I pray for folks that have been looking for a church family again. We're not perfect. We are a field hospital for the sin-sick and hurting, a place where the wounded and sick can come and be made whole and receive healing. Oh, God, give us the holy boldness and the courage today to follow your lead. Whatever you're asking us to do, however and wherever you're leading, may we trustfully follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We'd love to have you join us this Sunday at 8.30 or 11 a.m. For more information about our church and our ministries, go to ForksBaptist.org.